When the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecian, the Hellenistic Jews, against the Palestinian Jews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men of honest report full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continued to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Pominus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them, and the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. As you listen, you can expect the Word of the Living God to encourage, challenge, and comfort you. We live in difficult times, but we can expect our God to provide answers to the big questions in your life through His Word. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Dr. Mitchell's Outlines of Acts is now available at unchangingword.life. We come to Acts chapter 6, where Luke writes of the need for organization amidst the growing number of disciples. It begins with a complaint from those who were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. The twelve apostles were devoted to the ministry of the Word of God and prayer. Therefore, it was necessary for the brothers to select seven men of God, full of wisdom and of the Spirit of God, to attend to this need. So seven men were appointed to this new ministry. Among them was Stephen. Meanwhile, the Word of God continued to be proclaimed and more people were believing in the message. Luke even notes that many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith, which is in the risen Son of God, Jesus their Messiah. So here's Dr. Mitchell, Acts chapter 6, verse 1 on the Unchanging Word, Bible broadcast. Today, friends, we again come to you and we are studying together the book of Acts. I sincerely hope that you, friends, are reading over and over again uh, these chapters in Acts, because in the first 12 chapters there is given to us a real revelation of the moving of the Spirit of God in the early church. It's well for us to watch how God moves. He works all things out after the counsel of his own will. And remembering that he is working with frail, frail men and women, uh, full of weaknesses and tests and trials, 
And yet he has he has determined that through these his purpose for the earth will be accomplished. There's no question that the Spirit of God and the people of God work together for this one great task of disseminating the gospel of Christ to their generation. I couldn't help but think of this as we were going back over chapter 5 of how Peter said, you remember, it seemed good. We are witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Spirit whom God has given to them that obey him. Here you have this wonderful cooperation between the Spirit of God and the people of God. Now that calls for, for a relationship, a daily, continual relationship with God. That fellowship with God which will cause us to enjoy him, and then the Spirit of God finds us usable. After all, it's the Spirit of God using the Word of God through the man of God that accomplishes that which he wants accomplished. Now, we have already had in the, in the preceding five chapters of Acts, the first five chapters of Acts, we've had some problems. We've had the, the gospel going out to, to the nation Israel, to the people in chapters 2 and 3, to the leaders in chapters 4 and 5. You'll notice that the opposition is beginning to increase in its intensity. First of all, they threatened them, and then they commanded them to keep still, and then they, then they beat them, and in fact, they were ready to kill them. They, they, they want to get rid of these folk. In fact, in verse 12, when they were cut to the heart, they took counsel about killing them. If it hadn't been for Gamaliel, uh, one of the leading rabbis, the outstanding rabbi of the day, he said, if, if these men are of God, you can't stop it. If it's of men, it'll stop of its own volition, of its own momentum. But if they're of God, you can't stop it. But even though he had said that, though they agreed with that, they beat them up. And they went forth from their present rejoicing because they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his namesake. And every day they were in the temple preaching and teaching the word of God, exalting the person of our wonderful Savior. Now when we come to chapter, chapter 6, we have organization in the early church. In the first eight verses, we have organization in the early church. Now, it's, uh, you'll notice as the need arose, organization was affected. Now, we've had for the most part, in the first five chapters, you have uh, external problems. Except for Ananias and Sapphira, at the beginning of chapter 5, you have the problems from the outside. Now, we're going to have some internal problems. And as the need arose, organization was affected. You see, the early church had its problems too. The same kind of people, men and women, just like you and us, you and me. Let me read. The, let me read these first eight verses. They're not very long. Give you the little picture of it. In those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecian, the Hellenistic Jews, against the Palestinian Jews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continue to prayer and to the ministry of the word. 
And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and it chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Pominus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them, and the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Now let me just stop here for a few moments. As I said a moment ago, as the need arose, they organized. Now I'm not against organizations. I think sometimes today we're over-organized over committee eyes. We've got so many committees and so many organizations, it's hard to know which is which. But now the reason for the, uh, for the organization is because jealousy and envy had come among God's people. Some were getting ahead of others. You see, you've got two parties. You've got this, the Palestinian Jews, people of Israel, of the land of Israel, looking down upon these Jews who came from different parts of the Roman Empire. They would call them Hellenistic Jews. And the schism in the early church was caused by these, these influences. Remember that they were all of one accord, that they had all things common. Men like Barnabas sold what they had and they brought their goods. And so they, they, the church was like a great big family, but you know, it's running into thousands now. Literally, Literally thousands upon thousands of people had become Christians. This is what caused the leaders of Israel to say, what in the world are we going to do about this? Getting beyond us, we've got to do something. If we can cut off Peter and John, the leaders, then we can squelch the movement. But there were these from the outside, that is, I'm speaking of Hellenistic Jews who'd come in, and you know, when you begin to put out things, someone's going to get more than somebody else. And first thing you know, the, uh, the Palestinian Jews uh, were looking down upon the Hellenistic Jews, and the result was trouble. In fact, the, the Hellenistic, uh, the Grecian Jews, were, uh, they were the ones that were saying we're, we're, we're being penalized. So Peter says, look here, brethren, it might be a good thing. You look out from among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves, we apostles will give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And in verse 5, we read where the whole multitude chose the men, seven men. And when they chose them, they set them before the apostles, and the apostles laid hands on them, and the word of God increased, and so on. Will you please, first of all, notice the congregation chose the men who should serve. Choose you out seven men. The congregation chose the men, and the apostles consecrated the ones chosen by the people. And you will notice, too, that the seven who were chosen were Hellenistic Jews. In other words, they were acceptable to the grieved party. Well, you mark the, the note, the, the, the change now. Notice the, the beginning of a movement. The movement is, is moving from the Jews of Jerusalem now to the Jews who came in from the outside, Hellenistic Jews. 
All these seven men, I take it from their names. These are not Jewish names. These are Hellenistic, Grecian names. Stephen and Philip, Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Pominus and Nicholas, proselyte of Antioch. These, these were Grecian Jews. And there was a threefold qualification. They were to be of honest report. That is, they must have a good testimony to those outside. They must be men of honest report. Real, real men. They must be spirit-filled. And they must be wise. Or if I like to say they were the men of good report, a lot of sanctified common sense, and be spirit-filled. And by the way, that should be the normal Christian life. And you'll notice that the seven men chosen were men whom they knew to be men of wisdom. They knew them to be men with a good report, good testimony. They knew to be men who were spirit-filled. And I tell you, my friend, these, things, these three things are indispensable today. If they were indispensable in the first century, they're more more needful today that when a church, a local assembly, chooses its officers, it should choose men who have an honest report, who are wise, and sanctified common sense, and spirit-filled. Well, Mr. Mitchell, if you're going to do that, uh, we'll, we can't have any in our church. There's very few of them. I'd far, far rather have a few than to have a big board where you've got all kinds of fellows. I'll be very frank with you. Why do we have so much problem, so much trouble? I can talk to you for an hour on on churches that I've been to, where I've been, and they're in trouble, they've been split. I can think of some churches where they've been split three and four times. To me, a tragedy. God's people should be split, divided, not over doctrine, not over the person of Christ, but over personalities. One man wants his way, another man wants his other way. Wants his way, and first thing you know, you've got trouble. And so you've got the people caught in a crossfire between different groups in the church. And so you always have trouble, and the Spirit of God can't move. Honest man of honest report, good report, wise, sanctified, common sense, spirit filled. You know, you can have a man on your board who's spirit-filled and have a good report, but have no common sense. It doesn't fit into the picture. But I know one thing, if you can get a board of men who are out for God, wise, got a good report, spirit-filled, they want to go on with the Lord, you're going to have no trouble. Wonderful thing. These men get together, take their position before God, those who are responsible for the congregation. If I'm talking to any today, and you're an officer in your church, may God grant you'll not only have a good report to those who are without, you'll not only have good common sense, be full of wisdom, but to be spirit-filled, to be in fellowship with the Savior. And start your meetings, your business meetings, with a heart, of worship and of praise to God and look to the Lord for wisdom, for understanding, for balance as you discuss together the things of your assembly. Now you have the desire of the apostles. Now remember, the church, the people chose the seven men 
and they knew what kind of men they were, and the disciples, the apostles, sanctified them, set them apart for the job. Now, in verses 2 and 4, you have the, dis- the great need, and the desire of the apostles. It's not reason, said he, that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Verse 4, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I wonder if I may dare put a word in here for pastors and for teachers and for your leaders. Sometimes, sometimes a pastor does everything. He even becomes a, uh, what shall I say, becomes the servant of everyone in the congregation, that's true. But he also becomes the taxi driver for some. And he does a lot of things that he shouldn't be doing, somebody else should be doing. Here's a man trained in the Word of God with a desire to do God's will, to reach men for Christ and to feed the flock of God. He doesn't get the time to get down and spend time with the Lord nor the Word of God. The main business of the church is to give out the Word of God, not to serve tables. God's message for man must go forth in the power of the Spirit of God, and a man must be given time spend time in the Word of God, to spend time in fellowship with God. He stands between you and God as an intercessor for the people of God. And then he feeds on the Word of God and studies the Word of God to feed the people of God, that they in turn might go out and become living testimonies of the grace of God. This is what you have in the early church. The desire of the apostles, and I repeat it, the main business of the church, its primary business, to reach our generation with the word of God, with God's message concerning his precious son. Now notice what happens. Verse 7, the result of such a ministry, and the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. God moved when unity and peace was restored. And I want to say very, very clearly, oftentimes the word of God has been hindered from reaching people because of the attitude of Christians one toward the other in the assembly. One could say much about this, but I want to press this fact that God moved when peace was restored, and when the assembly was unified with one great desire to glorify the Savior, God moved, and there was a great ingathering of precious souls. The word of God increased. The number of disciples were multiplied. A great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Why? Because the people of God were knitted together in Christ. And God chose these seven men, using the people to choose them. And the people knew these men were qualified. And you see the desire of the apostles. Now, just one more thing. What about this man, Stephen? He comes on the scene. And they chose Stephen. Will you look at this for a few moments? And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And of verse 8, and Stephen, full of faith and power. In verse 10, 
these enemies of the gospel were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. In verse 15, And they looked upon his face as it had been the face of an angel. Could I just suggest for your thinking for a moment, this is the kind of men the church needs today. Look at it. He was a man of honest report. That is, he had a good testimony, those who were out. He was a man, verse 8, he was full of faith. He was full of faith and full of power. He was a man who was full of grace. In verse 3 and 5, he was a man filled with the Spirit of God. And we go to chapter 7, at the end of the chapter, verse 55, and Stephen being full of the Holy Spirit, even though he's going to be, even though he's going to be uh, stoned for his love for the Savior, he's full of the Holy Spirit, he's full of wisdom. He was a courageous man. In verse 51 of chapter, of chapter 7, he was a courageous man. And you remember the righteous are as bold as a lion when he accused them of being stiff-necked and uncircumcised in hearts and ears. You do always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, that's what you do. I took courage, I'll tell you. As I said again from Proverbs, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Another thing about this man, he was full of the Word of God. You can't read chapter 7 without realizing this man knew his Bible. In fact, he stood and quoted from the book of Exodus right on down through, from the book of Genesis, in fact, and gave their history. And uh, can I say another thing? He was a man of full of trust. He was trusting the Savior. Christ was living in this man, and he died forgiving the ones who were killing him. And might I add, I'm not surprised, the heaven was open to him to receive him. Stoned by people, cast out by people, heaven opened to receive him. So can I suggest to him again, you just think about it. I just give you a little, an idea about this man, the kind of man we need today. And God is always looking for men, even now will stand in the gap and plead for his people, plead for his, for his land, plead for his church. He was a man of honest report. He was full of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. He was a courageous man. He was as, he was as bold as a lion. He was full of the word of God. He was full of trust. That is, he trusted his Savior to work out his own divine plan and purpose in his life. And it ended up at the end of chapter 7. They stoned him. They cast him out. They didn't want him. But heaven was opened up to him, and he saw the Son of God standing on the right hand of God. I tell you, my friends, wouldn't you like an experience like that? Well, I'll tell you very frankly, heaven is always open to his children. And if you're a child of God, your rightful place is in heaven with the Savior. While you're down here waiting for that time when he will call you home, or to be business, just like Stephen was, bearing testimony to the Savior, whatever the cost may be. And may God grant to you and to me the joy, even today, of bearing testimony for him. And if you are an elder or a deacon in a church, God grant you'll be a man of honest report, 
full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom that you might take your place as a leader among God's people. And this is what God can make you. And this is what God can do for you. Now the Lord bless you today. And won't you enjoy the Savior today? Please walk with him. Make him your confidant and enjoy him hour by hour, moment by moment. trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. You may write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. The Unchanging Word. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary, life begins at Calvary.